0: So I'm on energy and commerce, and I'm also on ethics. uh, And they asked me to wave back on to oversight. I served on that for two years in the minority and have gotten to be pretty close with the chair of that committee, Jamie Comer. And I think really, if you just if the, if the short version is is uh, I used to cross examine professional witnesses for a living and I did that for about a decade so I have some unique insight into how to ask smart questions in tough hearing.
1: Congressman Joel Heitkamp here. Thanks for being Hey, there with you me, are. Uh, there are good.
0: I'm not a very good how- radio host. I'm not a very good radio host.
1: <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe what you need to do because you'd make one heck of a referee and you've done some of that in your life. Maybe what you need to do is Stick around and tell Abby it wasn't all my fault afterwards, okay, because I'm going to take a lot of heat over that. But
0: You're also at one of my favorite places in the world in Fort Gary in Winnipeg. Uh, I haven't been up there in January, but I really like it up there.
1: It is. It's absolutely gorgeous. Congressman, uh, you know, you you are in a tough spot. You're in one of those committees now. You got appointed to the committee uh, that's going to be looking at a lot of oversight here, that's going to be digging into a lot of these things that – the Republican Party feels that, you know, the president of the United States has done wrong. I, I got to ask you, is, is that a committee you want to be on?
0: Uh, Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm, I, I have a I, I served on it for two years in the minority, obviously, during the Mueller investigation to impeachment, uh, served on judiciary and oversight. So I'm I'm Comfortable with it. Uh, I would, I I mean, regardless of how we're going to do all of these different issues, I think there are a lot of questions that uh, need to be asked and need to be answered. And hopefully, I can bring some. I mean, you know, how to organize, how to prepare. Some of it's the politics. Some of it's remembering that every witness you talk to in oversight, and this doesn't matter if you're doing it at the local level, the state level, or the federal level, usually doesn't want to answer your questions. So, not only knowing what you want to talk about, but how to ask the questions becomes really important. But as far as all of that, I, you know, I love being in the fight, but I try and stay above the noise.
1: So, uh, Congressman, take this as a compliment it's meant to be. You're not uh, the same as one of the others. I mean, you're, you're not uh, a Marjorie Taylor Greene who's going to be on this committee. I mean, how does this not turn into a waste of your time uh, versus just, the, you know, digging into things? I'm okay with that. Yeah, I, I truly am. I, I think there needs to be an investigation into the Biden, uh, you know, the documents. That's that's legitimate. That that should happen. But when you have a, a caucus member like Marjorie Taylor Greene, where this is her big hook, I mean, won't that just end up being a waste of your time, Kelly?
0: Well, I I mean, I think it'll be less so a waste of my time in the majority than the minority. Uh, We actually, I mean, you know, it was the one committee we got bipartisan postal reform done uh, last Congress. That's something that uh, I think both sides of the aisle in North Dakota have been working on for a long, long time. But no, and I'll say I'll tell you the same thing that I, I told the steering committee and I've told them this numerous times when we talk about it. You know, people look at oversight and judiciary differently, but we win and lose elections. Both sides of the aisle do that in those in in those hearings. Uh, The average win rate, I don't know what it is now. I know last time what it was for a Republican in oversight was R plus 26. The average win rate for a Democrat in the committee was R plus 30 or D plus 34. Uh, I kind of refer to it as the cable news committee. Uh, And and I mean, that both good and bad. I mean, this is where a lot of these fights happen. And uh, I'm happy to be a part of them. I'd be happy to be a part of them, but I think overall, (laughs) I think it's important to have guys like me and Mike Turner and Jamie Comer is a great guy. Uh, You know, he was 400 votes away from being the governor of Kentucky at one time and he's turned into being a, turned into a really good friend of mine. And I'm excited to help him.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, the the proof's going to be in the pudding. And I do think having somebody of some reason on that committee is a good thing. So I, I, I compliment you on that. Let me let me throw this at you. Um, you know, the, the big thing that's going to be on in the news everywhere, of course, is is uh, whether or not the debt ceiling gets limit, uh, you know, yep. whether or not you approve more debt. I mean, it's going to come down to that. Is it hypocritical now of your side of the aisle to be so concerned over the debt when during the Trump era and you were in the majority, there didn't seem to be any concern over the debt?
0: Well, I I mean, for me, it's not because I've I mean, even when we're in the majority and I'm on Republican study committee, uh, we sent a letter on the clean debt ceiling and I asked them to put language in to say, make sure they know when we're in the majority. We need to start talking about how this works as well. Uh, I think it's it's, you can talk about decoupling it from spending. But the reality is, is, is if I was in college and I racked up my credit card. As many times as the United States government does, my dad would help me out. But we would have been having a talk. And now is the time to have those talks. And even uh, Joe Manchin, I mean, I know where the White House is. I know where uh, some hardliners on our side are. But a lot of this is posturing. I mean, when over 75, about 75 percent of all your spending is mandatory spending, you have to start having these conversations. And I think there are senators on the other side of the aisle that are willing to
1: sit down and talk about some of this stuff. Congressman Kelly Armstrong is our guest here on the News and Views Radio Network. Congressman, I I have to say, though, you know, that, that the perception of the public out there is that the only people that are concerned about the budget deficit are the individuals that aren't in power. Uh, how do you change that? Uh, I don't know, but we need to. It's
0: something I've talked to you about a lot. I never voted for any of President Trump's budgets or CRs either. Uh, I mean, we're, we're fast approaching $32 trillion in debt. Uh, if they raise the rate another half percent by the end of this year, int- payment on interest on the debt will, out- will outpace what we pay on our military defense. That's unsustainable over the long time over the long term and we have to start having these conversations there's two different schools of thought joel and i don't know which one is right one is you can only really do anything on mandatory spending when you control the house the senate and the white house and then the other school of thought is you can only do something with mandatory spending and divided government and i don't know which one of those is right but i know which one we're in right now and i know which one we should try
1: so so i give you this sword okay and Congressman Kelly Armstrong gets to walk into the, the budget room, and you get to cut specifically one significant factor. Now, not some minor, it really doesn't cost that much, but it's not a great program. I'm talking about you get to put the knife to something specific. Where is it? Where, where is the government spending too much that you'd really need to rein in? Not overall now, Congressman. I'm talking about what? Is it defense? Is it Social Security? Is it Medicare? Is it Medicaid? I mean, wh- where is it that that you look at it and say, this, this is where I'm going to focus first? I,
0: if we were focusing and we had a bipartisan group of people that were serious about fixing this and not running the commercials that are going to get everybody in trouble when they run every two years, regardless of what side of the aisle you're on, I, I, the conversation, I believe, has to stop start with how, what you deal with, and I don't call them entitlements. I'm very clear because everybody pays into Social Security. Everybody does that. What is the long-term solvency? We should quit borrowing against the Social Security Fund immediately. That would be an easy one to start with. But we have to have conversations about what those look like because, like I said, 75% of the spending is mandatory spending and if you don't continue to do that. And then I would look at programs like I voted. I mean, we had a lot of back and forth about the PAC Act. There was one bill in the bill and I voted for it the second time but remember that all moved into mandatory spending again and so that's one of the things that ends up happening because when you do when you do increase in that and increase in the other one then you have excuses to increase uh, your other spending and I think really the first thing we should do outside of having that conversation there have to be working groups they have to be bipartisan they have to be bicameral. but the first thing we should do is get 12 appropriations budgets passed out of both committees or both chambers, that should, I mean, that should just be the simplest thing we should demand. And everybody should demand that of their representatives, whether they're a Democrat or Republican.
1: Yeah, except you're trying to learn from your experience as a North Dakota state senator, uh, where we actually did have to do a lot of what you're saying. Uh, Congress, but you, on but one even more big know, But yeah, go ahead. Oh,
0: we'll go to break. I'll no, leave. go ahead,
1: Kelly. Go ahead. Well, I was just going
0: to say, but even you and I know we play games with those numbers, too. And it took a lot of work to make sure that even when you're when you're doing a little of those budget gimmicks that they actually really pencil out. It aren't truly a gimmick. I do miss the North Dakota legislature, although they seem yeah. a little busy
1: right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's too many Republicans. You can't get along. That's the problem. All right. Congressman Kelly Armstrong, what couple more questions. Welcome back to Congressman Kelly Armstrong. He is North Dakota's lone congressman. We were talking about the budget. We were talking about uh, the deficit. We were talking about the debt and whether or not they were going to uh, let the U.S. government shut down uh, to its good faith, its creditors and everything else that went with it. Congressman, you, you know, I specifically asked you before the break, what if you could cut, you would cut? Uh, you didn't want to use the word entitlements, although that's pretty much how they're known. I, I want to ask you about this. Yeah, that's it, but that's the wrong
0: word. I mean, that's the wrong word. I mean, Social Security is not an entitlement. People pay in it their whole life. That's why it, it that word always bothers me when you, when you put them into everything. There are entitlements in the mandatory spending, but not all of it is entitlement.
1: Well, l- let me say the reason I use the word is because I, I think it is because they pay into it, and so they're entitled to it. That's why I use well, the word. Okay. You know, I mean, yeah, that's okay. a fair description. <laughs> All right. So so let, let me say this. It's it's farm bill time. Uh, you know, everybody's yep. going to be looking at how to cut the deficit. Are you willing to cut what uh, we put out there in the farm bill? Because Lord knows it's been good times on the farm. And, you know, farmers, when you get them a loan, will be the first to admit that that money had been coming their way. That quite frankly, they didn't really need. And so I guess the the I'm not trying to throw my boys under the bus. I want them to do well because then I do well. But what I'm asking you is, if I were not from an ag district, I'd be pushing you pretty hard on that. How are you going to deal with it?
0: Well, lucky for me, I represent an ag district, so I'm not going to particularly worry about it. But I think the way the Farm Bill will negotiate out, and you know how this, I mean, works out there, is are you pairing some cuts in some spots with some cuts in the non-farm parts of that program? And, I, I mean, eventually what happens with me in the Farm Bill is pretty simple. There's a lot of math to deal with. I mean, there's a lot of math. There's uh, food stamps, work requirements, SNAP. Uh, crop insurance, supplemental crop insurance, all of those different issues, the math to me is 218 and 60. At the end of the day and the end of the negotiation, the programs that get 218 votes in the House and 60 votes in the Senate are the, is the bill I'm going to end up supporting. I might not love everything in it. I might not love what was cut. I might not love what was left in. But the reality is it's just simply too, simply too important to the entire economy in the state of North Dakota to play games with that. It just is. I mean, so if they cut something I don't like, but that gets us to 218, then I'm going to vote for it because it gets us to 218. If they leave something in I don't like and it gets us to 218, I'm going to vote for it.
1: But my point is, everyone's going to be asked to cut so that we don't have as big of a deficit. Are you willing to offer anything and recognize anything, or are you going to wait for them to do it?
0: on the egg side no i'm not in, i'm not willing to offer anything there're going to be plenty of people to bring things in and i would really if anything that would come through that program through that process in that bill better be paired very significantly with the non farm farm programs that are in that bill as well and then i mean and, and again it would be negotiated i will say i have we just put frank lucas back on dusty johnson is on it uh, GT Thompson is going to be a great great chair of that committee. We have a lot of guys that really understand ag policy on the Republican side, and so I'm I'm comfortable with where we're walking in in the negotiation process.
1: Senator Kevin Kramer, we, wants I, I, SNAP I, I will, separated. <laughs> hold on. Senator Kramer wants SNAP separated from the Farm Bill, uh, meaning that SNAP should stand on its own. The Farm Bill should stand on its own. Uh, I've got 30 seconds. What's your thoughts on that?
0: That might get you. Might be able to pass both of those in the Senate. You won't pass them both in the House without without them being combined. Uh, that might be just. I mean, I, I, I again, two eighteen and sixty. Do I wish they were separated? A hundred percent. I don't understand why they are merged together. Unfortunately for North Dakota and North Dakota egg producers, if you separate them, it's never going to get through the House. So they got to stay together.
1: Well, they're merged together, so they pass without them. Neither yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah,
0: that well. <laughs> I think that's true. I think you have different vote problems in different chambers. I think, but you're right. Without without them pro- merged together, they have a real time passing, and we got to pass the farm bill. And so, you I bet. I don't think they should be. I don't think they should be together, but they have to be together.
1: Congressman, always love these talks, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for coming on.
0: Have fun in the uh, balmy weather of Winnipeg, Manitoba.